0: Hey guys, welcome back to Uncommon Sense. Okay, so before we even get into what we're going to be talking about on this episode, which is really going to be kind of a lot of different things because it's been a few weeks since we did a podcast episode, as you guys know, I have been uh, suspended by Twitter and so I have been dealing with Twitter to try to get my um, quote unquote permanently suspended Twitter account back because that is how I talk to a lot of you guys, even though I was heavily shadow banned even when I did have it and really that started as soon as Elon took over, there's just some shady business going on with Elon Musk, um, you know, ever since he came into Twitter. I know he came in and said he was going to, he was just, you know, he felt very strongly about free speech and he was going to come in and save free speech for everybody. Why is it that so many people are now being banned? So many people like me who have a lot of legitimate questions for the elite. Why are we all being banned? I think it's important to remember that Elon is, you know, in the elite. Elon Musk is a part of the elite and I always had the question. You know, why is it that, you know, a lot of people that are on the left don't really seem to have, you know, a lot of problems with Elon Musk? I feel like if he were genuinely out here trying to protect free speech, then the left would have more problems with it. And and they really don't. I mean, right now there's this weird back and forth on Twitter where it's Elon Musk versus uh, Mark Zuckerberg, you know, weird distractionary things. Um, You know, Elon Musk will post some, what some people think her funny memes. I think he's rather crude, to be honest. I mean, I I have a lot of critiques for Elon, and I really wonder if that's why, you know, now I'm, I'm dealing with this whole Twitter suspension. It would really be a shame if Elon Musk, you know, is just a low-key, uh, you know, kind of more undercover tyrant, which is what I said in my letter. And I have that posted for you guys to read on Substack, so definitely go check that out if you haven't yet. Um, yeah. So I've just been really busy trying to get myself back on Twitter. I have been through so many bans at this point on social media that it's just kind of like, you know, procedural at this point. So I I am used to it. I don't like it, but I'm used to it. And I do think that it's pretty funny, and I mentioned this in the letter too, that like, why are all of these pornographic, obscene pornographic accounts and all of these sketchy financial accounts that, by the way, the impersonator that I had taken down of me, um, he was following And I'm pretty sure it was a he. I'm just saying I have no idea yet. I am still working with law enforcement and the legal system to figure out who the impersonator was. And whenever I do figure out who that was, I will definitely make it known to all of you guys because I think it's fun. I think it's fun to find the truth and to put it out there in front of everybody. And it would be really awesome if more people in our world were interested in doing that. So anyway, um, that is why this podcast episode is you know two weeks late or whatever. There's not really a real schedule. We just talk about things that I think are important as they come up, but I, you know, preferably would have been able to do a few podcast episodes. It's just been really, really busy with work and Twitter and everything else that goes on in my crazy life. Um, But today I want to talk about the things that, you know, I kind of didn't get to talk about because I was too busy. So mainly those things are the Titan submarine implosion. And what I found more fascinating, which was how everybody chose to respond to that, which really signaled to me and I wrote a Substack article about this too that's up and you guys can go read it but talking about basically this is crazy that we like society is getting so sociopathic that we can literally just laugh while people are dying at the bottom of the ocean that is where we are that is there was just a different response you know in 1912 when the Titanic sank um you know we're not really we're not really progressing and most of the people who responded so sociopathically you know were probably progressives from you know you know judging by the way that they are it was probably mostly progressives conservatives are not naturally going to be drawn towards laughing at people's demise because we value life again we see everybody as made in God's image every human being and so we're just not going to be laughing like everybody was when these people were at the bottom of the ocean so we're going to talk about that and maybe a few other random things that I think of but yeah it's just been it's just been busy and it's been a little hectic but I'm back and I'm strong than ever, and I I dare everybody to try to shut me up. That's going to be quite a feat. That's going to be quite a feat. I don't think that it's going to be possible. Elon Musk can maybe, well, a little bit, and they don't always get off the ground. He can try to send spaceships to outer space, but I would like to see Elon Musk shut me up. You can try, you can try, but you will not be able to succeed, because I will not shut up. It's impossible for me to shut up. I see a lot of important things, and I'm going to have to talk about it. I'm going to had to talk about it. Um, You know, I just want to say again, the reason that Elon Musk, uh, why they said that they banned me from Twitter was because I was saying true things about Islam. I was telling you guys what Muslims actually believe. I was reminding everybody that Muhammad was an illiterate, pedophilic buffoon, Um, you know, and Twitter didn't like that. So Twitter banned me. But I'm going to have to continue to tell you guys about Muslim beliefs, and especially because of what I have recently discovered in the Bible and I don't want to really comment on this much more right now. I'm going to be talking to a lot of biblical pastors about this, but I am on the trail in the Bible of trying to figure out where we don't know who this person is going to be. We don't know who the antichrist is going to be, but we can figure out if we study the Bible close enough where he's going to come from probably. Um, And so I have caught a sniff of that in my spiritual nose. And so I have been on a, just kind of a mission, like really researching that, but I I don't really want to research it alone. So I have told everybody on other social media website that I am looking for a biblical male pastor, male meaning man. I will not be able to take a female pastor seriously because those don't exist. So do not send me a female pastor because they don't exist. Um, That is an oxymoron. The Bible says that females cannot be pastors and all of the females need to get over it. Frankly, that is what needs to happen. Um, You know, there's a lot of progressive churches out there these days that have female pastors, but don't let um, anybody, you know, least of all the churches, gaslight you into believing that female pastors are somehow biblical. They are not. Um, So, but if you have any biblical male man pastors that I can talk to about uh, Revelation and specifically trying to figure out where exactly the Antichrist will be from and what his religion will probably be be I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that I'm on my way to figuring out uh, you know pretty much precisely where this person will come from and what religion they will be but I do not want to talk about it too much publicly um, until I have really put all the puzzle pieces together but I will say that right now I'm looking at Iraq and I'm looking at Islam and that is what I'm looking at so you guys can do some of your own research if you want I know that a lot of people don't want me to tell you guys that but that is just that is what the Bible is is kind kind of signaling to me. So we're going to not talk about that on this episode. We're going to talk about that when I have put everything together with pastors, biblical pastors. But today I just want to talk about things that I've missed. I just want to talk about some things that I have been seeing in the news um, and this Titan submarine and more specifically how people chose to respond to it, which was very unsettling to me. (laughs) into all of that. I just want to remind you guys to go see Sound of Freedom. That was such a good movie. I went to go see that last night, and it was so, 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 so good. Everybody needs to see that movie. The weirdest thing about the movie, and it's not weird, it's just sad. It was sad that at the end of the movie, there was like this little message, and I don't want to do any spoilers for everybody, but um, I'll just say that they they talked about how they ran into so many obstacles to even get to this movie out to the public for everybody to see. So they ran into a bunch of hurdles. A lot of people in Hollywood, obviously, Hollywood has a lot of pedophiles, Weinstein, things they don't want us to talk about, you know, how Hollywood is. Um, But they were talking about all the hurdles that they ran into, you know, trying to get this movie out to the public because nobody really wanted it to be out to the public. And I wonder why that is. I wonder why that is. I think we all know why that is. And um, anyway, Angel Studios ended up picking up the movie and making it a Possibility for everybody to be able to watch it, but everybody needs to watch it because child sex trafficking is a huge industry, and a lot of kids are getting hurt every single year. Millions and millions of little kids are abused sexually on repeat. They live this eternal day in hell forever until people save them, which happens very rarely. But this guy, Tim Ballard, you know he he made it his mission to to save these kids, and I and I hope there's more organizations like his that. Are created that are you know private organizations because they're much more effective than any government agency thing. Um, you know, which he had to leave. He had to leave Homeland Security, Tim Ballard, to even be able to go, uh, really be able to save kids. Um, I just hope there's more organizations like this that pop up where people are taking these problems into our own hands. Pedophiles are a huge, huge, huge problem. This is why they're trying to normalize it with Pride Month, LGBTQ plus. I've told you guys before, the plus stands for pedophile um and it's we all see how many pedophiles there are we can see them sprouting up we can see them trying to normalize it and we're going to have to push back we're going to have to make more organizations like Tim Ballard's and we're going to have to have ultimately you know more Tim Ballard's that that emerge and it was just a really powerful poignant movie and I think that we should all be able to come together no matter where you stand on the political aisle because pedophiles are on every side of the political aisle, but we need to be able to come together and and stand against pedophilia and really protect kids from these degenerate adults who are literally demonic. I mean, this is absolutely crazy. I think it's crazy that even one child, even one child in the whole world that could ever have to go through something like that, but the fact that there are millions and that it's like an industry and that like they, and then and the movie was talking about how it's going to surpass the drug industry. Like, can we just start Moving away from drugs and pedophilia and all of these terribly wicked, awful things in the world, and just look, just look higher and look at the light and turn to God. Can we try? Anyway, I think that everybody needs to see that movie. And so I'm going to have a link to where you guys can watch the trailer for it in this podcast description. And I really, really hope that you see it. You can also, um, there's like a QR code at the end of the movie, and maybe it's online somewhere too, but you can QR code, scan that, and and then go buy tickets for friends and family members to also go see it and, and gift it to them and like pay it forward is how they were freezing it. But I definitely recommend that you guys see this movie. You need to understand. Um, it was so sad. There were so many people that were like crying in the movie theater. I was I was kind of crying and it was just but we've got to do more than cry. You know, we've got to do more than cry about this kind of stuff. we got to we've got to do stuff. We've got to uh, see what people like Tim Ballard have done and, you know, and I love that he was leading by example with this whole thing, but we've got to follow in his footsteps and take it seriously because pedophilia, child sex trafficking, that's not going to stop until we stop it. Okay. Um, And the other shocking thing about that movie was, it was talking about how the U S is the number one consumer of child sex, uh, like porn and uh, child sex, like child sex, like you, you buy a kid. (sighs) The world is like so disappointing to me. It is so disappointing to me, and I cannot imagine how disappointing it is to God. It is just so disappointing. So, do everything you can to support this film. It they really had the film ready five years ago, but they weren't able to have anybody pick it up. Um, everybody was. I, I think they were saying that they were worried that they were going to lose money. That's an interesting theory, considering that uh, Sound of Freedom is at the top. It's literally the top of the box office charts right now. So it's selling the most. It's beating Indiana Jones. Um, you know, and the tagline of the whole movie is God's children are not for sale. So stop. Stop selling kids. Okay. God made the kids. Like, no, no selling the kids. Um, millstones are fun, and I think we need to get back into those. But I don't know. I don't know. I guess I'm sure that somebody out there is gonna say that I am I am terrible and violent because I don't like pedophiles and I would like to see kids, you know, you know, be safe. I would like for I would like to see kids be safe. I would like to see that. So, but I'm sure that somebody's gonna twist what I just said about the millstones and say, oh my gosh, she's so mean and evil and violent. Oh, really? Am I? Well, what about the pedophiles that are raping little kids? Do y'all want to talk about that or or not? Or not? So anyways, children will always be my biggest concern when it comes to anything ever in this world. Like, I, I care about kids and I that's why I'm so pro-life and not torturous life. Like, I'm pro have your life, have a good life and be treated right and don't be sold in sex slavery for children. Like, don't don't do that. Stop doing that, world. Stop doing that. Ah! Y'all keep telling me, morals are not that important. Faith is not that important. Look what's happening to the world! Look what is happening to the world. Without any sort of spiritual direction, the world crumbles. This is how civilizations always fall. Look into how Rome fell. They became so degenerate that they they collapsed. They couldn't handle it. They were so disgusting that they collapsed. That is how civilizations fall. Y'all really need to research how civilizations fall, because how they fall is what's happening right now right now in America. um, It's the immorality and the godlessness that causes civilizations to fall. So, please don't tell me that morality is unimportant. And please don't tell me that Christianity is unimportant. Don't tell me that. Don't tell me that because it's not true. And you're a liar and you're just trying to cushion your sin and make it seem less than what it actually is. And it's ruining your soul and it's ruining our country. And please stop. It would be nice if you would stop, just like really cut it out. So, that is my spiel on the movie, definitely see it. I'll have a link below and check it out. You need to understand what these kids go through. You need to understand what it's going to take to really end child sex trafficking. And it's probably never really gonna end. But we can do we've got to see what we can do to end it as much as humanly possible. These are humans, these are not, these are not these are people made in the image of God. We have to protect them. Um, okay, so now let's get into the Titan submarine thing. So we're into some more immorality here. So basically, let me just in case nobody saw what happened with the Titan Submarine and you completely live under a rock like Patrick Star, which I think was on some of the memes that people were making about this, which I thought was, you know, in really poor taste, really, really poor taste. But anyway, the Titan submarine is a submarine, was a submarine. There are pieces of the submarine that Canada has found and there have right now, but um, you know, and I thought that was kind of weird because when the Canada pulled out the big pieces of the submarine, they told us it was an implosion. I thought, well, how, how are y'all finding these massive pieces of this submarine? If it imploded, I don't know exactly all of the materials that the submarine was made out of. Maybe some of the materials of the submarine were made, you know, out of better materials and they could go further down underwater without, you know, exploding and turning into tiny little particles, but an implosion to me is like crunch, you're gone. And it is like a really fast thing. And the whole thing just kind of it it obliterates it and it just turns, you know, you're smithereens. That's what it that's what I picture when I think of implosion. But anyway, Canada has found these large pieces of the submarine. Um, And so I hope that they're researching that to kind of figure out what happened. But the Titan submarine Ocean Gate is a company that the CEO went down with these people the past That went down to the bottom of the ocean in this submarine. Um, I just want to say I would have never gone in that submarine. It looked like, and I everybody has said that I have been a little bit rude about this. I'm a little bit rude about a lot of things, I guess. But I just would have never gone into that submarine because it looked like kind of like just a little bit like exactly like a trash can with cords on the outside of it, steered by a Nintendo controller. And I just wouldn't. You couldn't have paid me to. $250,000 and I would have gone down in that submarine. I wouldn't have gone down for $250,000 in that submarine. I wouldn't have gone down one foot underwater for that, let alone like almost 13,000 feet. No, it wouldn't have happened. I wouldn't have done that because I just wouldn't have done that. So, I do understand how people are kind of criticizing these people. Like, how did they not see? Um, Yeah, there's something wrong with the technology here. Maybe this machine should not be trusted to go down to the Depths of the ocean to go look at the Titanic. Some other people had a good point about why are they profiting off of the graveyard that is the Titanic to go down and do a little expedition to look at the Titanic. It seems like you're profiting off of the graveyard of where people have died. I can kind of see that side of it too. I mean, if I had a family member that died on the Titanic, then and then people were you know using the submarine to go look at the place where my relative died, I would kind of be like, that's a little weird. That's a little unsettling. That's a little strange. Please don't do that. Maybe is how I'd feel. Um, But then the other part of me is like, I see a lot of beauty in discovery and advancing our knowledge in the world and, you know, knowing things we didn't know before. And the Titanic is just such a huge historical event that everybody, there's so many people that are so fascinated in the Titanic, the Titanic movie. That's why so many people loved that movie. It's a big historical thing that the unsinkable ship, you know, sank. That's a pretty, um, you know, it's a pretty shocking thing that the world didn't know how to handle at the time. And I think still confuses a lot of people. So I think that there's something to be said for discovery and historically Matt Walsh had some good points about this. He was talking about how, you know, historically it has been just very bold, often very wealthy men who have expanded our knowledge into things we just didn't know before. And so I don't want to say that these people were completely in the wrong for Doing this, I think it takes a level of bravery that you know. Even I would just—I I mean, I—I I probably would done. It, I okay, I would do it if it was like I thought it was a safe submarine. I would not do it in the Titan submarine, but you know, I—I I, I don't know. Maybe they are—they're probably braver than me. Like I just wouldn't have gotten into that machine. Um, and I think there's something to be said for people that you know are bold enough to do something like that. Like, it's very easy to judge these people and say, oh, ho, ho, you're just stupid. You just went in that trash can submarine with the Nintendo controller. But like, I mean, these people literally must have thought that it was going to be safe. The CEO himself of Ocean Gate went down in that submarine. They were pretty sure it was going to be safe. I think that it was ignorant to not follow more safety guidelines and normal protocol. A lot of the people came out later and said he just didn't want to do that. He was a very prideful guy. Um, he thought that his submarine was perfect and stuff like that. So I think that it was kind of ignorant. If it was just, uh, you know, the CEO guy, then that's one thing you're, that's your little literal trip and you're going down and it's just you. But if you have, or if you're taking on clients, passengers, and you're charging them $250,000 per ticket, then I would assume that you have enough money to make a safer machine. And I don't know why it's, he, he said, it's just, you know, where it's a a very cheap controller and, and it's, you know, we're saving some money. It's like you have so much money coming from these passengers, why don't you invest in an actual steering wheel, sir? I don't know. I don't know about that. But regardless, these people signed a pretty descriptive waiver and decided to go down in this machine that they trusted for some reason and the CEO also trusted it for some reason. I'm sure that also these people just didn't maybe know that much about submarines and they figured in their minds they were like, well, if the CEO of this company trusted enough to go down, then it has to be Safe. That's all I can figure. Um, so they went down in this submarine and then it uh, lost communication with, you know, people at the top of the ocean. And we didn't know what was going on. So as soon as we didn't know what was going on, that is when all of the meme videos started emerging on social media. And I remember seeing these and just being like, what are y'all doing? Like, why are y'all making jokes about these people who are probably going to die? Um, You know, during the Titanic sinkage, uh, you know, that didn't exist. We didn't have the internet to go very quickly find out what was happening in the world. But as soon as news of the Titanic hit shores, people were in despair. People were grief-stricken. People responded like humans do. They had empathy. They had sorrow. They were were praying for the families of the people who... had lost their relatives and their friends, and we just were not responding that way to the Titan submarine. We were not responding that way as a culture in just like a world culture. This was all over the place. Um, so, there were people that were putting out all of these weird videos, and I don't even want to play them on this episode because they were just in such poor taste that I wouldn't even want to repeat any of it. But y'all can easily go find these videos on there. They were on Instagram. They were on TikTok, mostly on TikTok. And, um, you know, you can see all of this for yourself. I mean, people were just making jokes about the people at the bottom of the ocean who were about to die. Um, and I just, I just don't know. I just think that we're becoming so sociopathic, and it's not good for anybody. I've told you guys before, but like atheism is the main religion of communism. You're not going to find many, if any, communist nations in the history of the world that have been Christian. You're not going to find any moral uh, communist nations because they're immoral. They're naturally immoral. They're naturally atheist. I mean, the leaders are atheists themselves. Karl Marx did not believe in God. He was a terrible guy. You look into the history of freaking Karl Marx, he was the worst guy ever. His family, like, died of starvation. He didn't even care. He was the worst guy. He was a mooch. He didn't do anything. He complained about work all the time. And then he wrote these nonsensical manifestos and that's like, and he pretended to want to help the working man. How is he going to, he doesn't even have anything in common with the working man. He was, he didn't work. He was literally a bum. He was literally a bum. And that's why all of the Marxists that support Karl Marx, you know, are bums. They, they hate work. Work existed before we fell, before the fall of man. We were working in the garden, Adam and Eve, before they even disobeyed God, okay? Work is inherently a good thing. Work is inherently something that we need and that we should love. You should not hate work. If you hate work, then find a different occupation. But you don't. You shouldn't hate work. I can't imagine hating work. I love work. I love building things. I love beautifying things. And I love work. Progress, And you'd think that progressives would be into that, but they're really not. Progressives are the most progressive people ever. And that was shown clearly in how they were all making these horrific videos. But it all goes hand in hand. If you look at things, you can make these connections. Communism, atheism go together. They go together like peanut butter and jelly. They're just not as tasty because they ruin societies and they kill people. First, morally, then spiritually, then physically. Like, you do not survive in a communist nation very long. And I just wish that everybody could kind of see, you know, how bad the country is getting under Joe Biden's uh, quote unquote leadership. Joe Biden himself is a pedophile. I wish, you know, Tim Ballard would kind of find him. Um, you know, I don't know. Am I allowed to have opinions anymore? Am I allowed to have an opinion? I just hope so. I hope that I am. I really feel like I don't have free speech anymore. I know that I do technically, because it is a right given to me by God, not by the government. But it is kind of really scary that we are approaching this place in America where, you know, people can't have dissenting opinions on anything. I do not think that that is healthy. I do not think that that is safe. I think that is quite, um, not quite, it is fully abusive and manipulative. And it is just for these weak, pedophilic, by the way, immoral, terrible men to have control. And that, is really what they want at the end of the day. And that is why they have removed God from our country. They have taken him out of the schools. They have tried to make him seem uncool to everybody. And so now everybody's making jokes about people dying at the bottom of the ocean because that's sane, because that's normal. You know, that's, that's, that's fine. Um, it did trouble me. I don't, I think it says that we're headed in a direction where, and I think part of it is probably also technology. Um, I feel like the more that technology advances, the more um, inhumane people are getting because people are, are, it's almost like technology is like an extension of people these days. And everybody's very used to just scrolling and instant gratification and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And they're just starting to see people as things and objects and not really important and um, I I think that AI is going to lead to more problems and lead to society being more sociopathic even than it is now Um, I wish that you know and I know this comes down again to a place of faith and and what do you believe but I wish that we could use technology um, you know in a more in a more like holy way. And I know that sounds weird maybe, but like just use it for helping the world more and less for just instant gratification and scroll, scroll, scroll and make jokes about the submarine and the people dying. Um, But that's just not what people are doing. People are, they just people are gross. And we could be using technology for better purposes. Like I was suggesting And when I was watching the movie Sound of Freedom, I remember thinking, why can't the CIA and the FBI use the Technology that they have to target pedophiles and arrest them. Like, why can't they do that if they can very easily put in keywords and find people like me on the internet who have bad opinions, you know, quote unquote, bad opinions, you have the wrong opinion, it's not the right opinion and shut us down because they were from the Twitter files, we know that they were communicating with the social media companies to get people like me taken off. And I you know, if they're, if they're advanced enough with the technology and the government to do stuff like that, why can't they use it for good? They're using it for bad. They're using it for evil and wicked things um, and for control, but they're not using it for good things. And I just really feel like it would be pretty easy to get all of the pedophiles, at least most of the pedophiles, um, arrested. And I think that our government has really no excuse not to be laser focused on that, other than maybe their excuse is the people at the top. Of their agencies are pedophiles. I mean, that's really all I can deduce from the fact that they're just not really caring about um, you're they're not really caring about finding these people. So anyway, um, I don't want to go all over the place. I, I keep going in and out of the movie and then the submarine and, and then the movie again. But I think that ultimately my point is that we are becoming very, very immoral in a multitude of ways. And it is happening really kind of all at once. I feel like we went from being relatively human and humane to being just inhumane absolute sociopaths who cannot put ourselves in other people's shoes or empathize with them at all. After I watched Sound of Freedom, I also looked to see what all of the major legacy news media were saying about it, and there were many articles with headlines that were just absolutely crazy. They were saying, this is like the movie for old people with brain worms, and like just trying to make it seem like it was a terrible movie, but why is bringing light to the tragedy that is child sex trafficking? Why is that a bad thing? Unless you are a pedophile, you shouldn't have a problem with people bringing to light one of the biggest, most wicked industries in our world. Why were all of these articles and I screen recorded them? Because I know that. Um, I know that people are. There's going to be like a big backlash thing where people get mad that they were writing articles like this, and then I know that they're going to retract or redo. And and this is my fear with everything becoming digitized. And I know that Jeff Bezos wants to get rid of public libraries and have all the books be well. You have to buy your books from him, and eventually it'll be every book has to be a digital book. How easy is it going to be for them to change all of that? Um, it's very easy to do that, and they want to have the marketplace all digitized. They want everything digitized. Everybody's going to. buy into all of this because, you know, it's convenient. It's so convenient. I don't have to go to the public library to rent my book. That sounds cool. I like that, Jeff Bezos. Or like, oh, I don't even have to go to the Trumbull to pull my debit card out at the grocery store. That is so convenient. I just have to hold my phone over the little pad. Like, that's so convenient. I love it. That's what everybody's going to say. Um, And it's it's just not good for everything to be digitized. My mom, all growing up, she was collecting all of these books. I remember she would get books everywhere all the time, every chance she could. And we had so many books. We had this huge library in my house growing up. We had a red living room and it looked very serious to me as a child. And just every wall had just all of these bookshelves. And my parents' house is still like that where they have all these bookshelves and all these books, like all old books, like regular books, like new books, like they have all these books. And it was because my mom always said that she had this feeling that physical books were going to be not a thing, you know, in the coming years and that we would need to have like physical books. Like she felt like God was calling her to get physical books. And a lot of them, so that when they do digitize everything, which now they really are trying to do, um, you know, we would have books and, and we could read those books and not and not just rely on these digital books that um, can easily be changed and altered all the time, or just not have books, like not offer the books that you know are older books that are very um, old but informative. Like it, you, you can just control everything if it's digitized like that. Like no public libraries. Do y'all really want to live in a world like that? I certainly don't. I mean, they could just pull, they could just take all of the most important books off of the, off of the Amazon library, whatever Jeff Bezos working on. And, um, you know, you just wouldn't be able to find the books you're looking for. And then eventually you just assume they never existed. That's just really, that's a, crazy thought. I need to have somebody go on to talk about that, actually, because it is very important. We need to keep physical books. We really shouldn't go into this digitized, like, you know, marketplace that's going to be, if y'all read Revelation, then you'll see how the Antichrist is going to really capitalize on that for nefarious purposes. And so, everything the Bible says is coming into reality, and I wish people would read their Bible so that they could see that. It's pretty miraculous that we have all of that, that we have the Bible, that We can see that the things are happening just how God said that they were. Um, and then so many people are just not accessing that information. It's just like, it's literally right there. You could you could read it. You could read it right now. But anyway, to wrap everything up, I think I think that the Titan submarine thing is a sad thing. I think we should pray for the families of the Titan submarine passengers who died doing that. I think we should pray for their souls. Um, and I think that we shouldn't be so quick to judge people who are, frankly, just braver than we are, who are going to do these things that, I mean, they could have given us new information about the Titanic that we didn't didn't know. Um, there's something to be said for Discovery, and I don't think we should ever shame people who were bold and brave and trying to, you know, expand their knowledge. I do think that they probably could have looked at the submarine and thought, maybe I'll wait for a different version of this to come out, um, you know, but they didn't. And they signed waivers, and it was their free will, and they went down there, and now we just need to pray for the families, not make videos mocking them and posting them on social media. The other thing that was really scary and sketchy was how many and like how much engagement these people were getting on these, you know, just in poor taste made videos, and it's like it tells you just how sociopathic everybody is. So pray for society to be less sociopathic. Pray for people to turn to Christ. Pray for people to read their Bibles. Pray for people to know God. For pray for people to think of morality as cool again. I'm going to tell you guys, there's nothing cooler than actual virtue, not virtue signaling, not acting like you have virtue for you know show and tell, um, and for the. Up- applause of people who you're telling that you have virtue. There's something to be said for actual virtue, like actually having it in you and you don't have to go talk about it all the time. You just have it. And morals and honor and all of these things that are good and right and true are things we need to hold on to. We can't let go of it just because people like for us to be sociopathic or they like for us to make fun of things that we shouldn't be making fun of. Um, I think there's a lot of people that think I overreacted or am still overreacting about the Titan submarines, everybody's response to that. But it it really signals to me that society is headed in a tremendously awful direction. And I don't I mean, I just personally don't want to head that direction. So I'm just trying to with my Nintendo controller steer us a different a different way. A different way. So, I hope that my Nintendo controller isn't broken, but maybe that was even a joke made in bad taste. I'm so sorry. I wish everybody would apologize. I wish everybody would apologize for the videos made in poor taste, but people just don't recognize that they're sociopathic is really probably the even bigger problem. People don't realize that they're even being sociopathic. They don't even understand that they're being immoral because they haven't read their Bible, because they don't know God. Because if you don't know God and you haven't read your Bible, you're just not going to know what morality is. So, how are you going to be able to be if you haven't done those things. You're not. Um, and so that is another reason why I'm always trying to encourage you guys to read your Bible. But that is what I have to say about the Titan submarine issue. Pray also that they figure out what exactly happened to the Titan submarine, because it just it does seem weird to me that they, you know, fished up these big, major, large pieces of the submarine. I just don't understand if it was an implosion how that was possible. Um, also, go see Sound of Freedom. Encourage everybody that you know to go see it. Buy tickets for people. Gift those tickets to people to go see talk about the child sex trafficking business so that people know that it is an actual thing and that it is actually like a huge big problem in the world um, and inspire more people to donate to things like Tim Ballard was running his organization and inspire people to start their own organizations. We can do so much more than we feel like we can do. If we all just came together and worked on these things together to really better the world, we don't have to just go watch movies and cry in the, in the seats. Like we can do things. We can donate. We can start our own organizations. We can help. We can do stuff. And um, so don't just watch the movie and, and weep in the, in the audience. I mean, I just remember hearing a lot of people crying and wondering, are you actually going to do anything after this movie ends to help the situation? And maybe that was a little hypercritical of me. Um, but I do think we need to do more than just feel sadness. I mean, it's good to feel sadness. You should have an emotional response to something like child sex trafficking and pedophiles who are taking advantage of all of these very vulnerable children. I mean, you should have an, an emotional response to that, but you should also have this fire building up inside of you to do something about it and to end it and to stop the source of the sadness. Um, I mean, yeah, if we're crying in the audience, then it's a pretty sad thing. But just think about what these kids go through to their what they have been through, or what they're going to have to continue going through if we, don't, if we don't do something. We cannot just depend on the government's uh, to handle this problem, the probably some of the biggest um, customers for this industry are people at the top of governmental agencies. So it's it's at some point, everybody just needs to understand that it's going to come down to us as the individuals working together to make a difference and that's exactly what Tim Ballard did and I just really, really think that everybody needs to go see this movie and make sure that you're sharing all of the, you know, pro, like, positive articles about it um, and and not any of the really, it's just so weird to me. It's not weird because I was expecting the legacy media, you know, they're all pedophiles probably. I mean, like, why are you putting out articles saying that it's bad to educate people on the child sex uh, trafficking business? I mean, really, really, it is a business and they make a ton of money every year. And we just have to put an end to this. We have to have harsher laws. We have to enforce those laws. We cannot just cry in the movie theater, but we should go see the movie and we should have an emotional response. So that is everything I have for this episode. Follow me on Facebook, on Instagram, on Substack. I am try- I'm I'm on truth kind of. Um, and just follow me anywhere you can find me. It'll be at Real Jenny Robbins or at Real Jenny Robinson, or obviously Uncommon Sense Podcast is I'm using the Uncommon Sense on Twitter. I wasn't using that before I got banned, Um, but we're just getting more active everywhere we can because I've been banned, but I will keep you guys updated on my Twitter suspension. I've not heard back from Twitter. They did get rid of the impersonator account really very, very quickly after I sent my letter to them, so that was good. Um, I'm expecting them to give me my account back. I do not see how they are going to not um, do that without being extremely hypocritical. But if they do not give me my account back, then there most definitely will be a lawsuit and I will most definitely win because I have tons of evidence. I have tons and tons of evidence that they will not be able to survive. So unfortunately, it may get there. And if it does, I'm fully prepared. I really don't care. I'll do whatever I have to do to keep my voice. It shouldn't be this hard to have free speech in a free speech nation, but that's okay. We will continue fighting. Why? Because our freedom does not come from the government. It does not come from Twitter. It does not come from Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or any of the others. It comes from God. My free speech comes from God. It does not come from Elon. It does not come from Joe Biden. It does not come from Xi in China. It doesn't come from any of these people. It comes from God. All of my rights come from God. So you can't take my rights away if you were a man, if my rights came from God. So you can try, but you're just not going to be able to succeed. So, Elon, if you're listening to this, my guy, we can go to court. I can crush you. I can crush you publicly. Let's do it if you want to, or easier you can give me my account back because you will lose. You will definitely lose. You have no business banning people for talking about theology, for talking about accurate theology, about Islam. I'm going to continue to talk about the accurate theology of Islam, and I'm going to do it everywhere I can. This does not stop me. So, I just think that things can get really messy and really heated, and I would prefer if they didn't, but we most certainly will do whatever we have to. Please remember to give this podcast a five-star review if you like it. This is really the freest speech that I have is on the podcast, and so we are going to continue being here. Unless Spotify and Apple take me down too. You know what? You never know. You never really know. But if you guys give me a five-star review, it does help pull me up in the charts and get more people to listen. I'm starting to be heard by multiple countries, really all over the world, and it's kind of... um, I feel a little bit like I have a spotlight on me, but that's okay. That's all right, because I do think that everything I talk about is important, and I am trying to be as honest as I can and give you guys the facts and the truth. I try to not let my own biases, like, take over too much, but if my if I have biases, they're usually biblical biases, so I'm really just not too against it at the end of the day. Um, anyway, you're free to not like this podcast. You could also not like this podcast and just go away, um, but if you do like the podcast, please give a five-star review. I would greatly appreciate it, and I will see you guys here next time. <laughs>